Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Let It Be Easy. I'm your host, Lisa Sanchez, Certified Leadership and Life Coach, Reiki Practitioner, and Recovering Overachiever. Not everything in life can be easy, but this podcast is about seeing how some things don't have to be as hard as we think. This podcast is brought to you by Cocoon. That's my practice where I offer coaching and other resources to help you trust your intuition, design a meaningful life, and create fulfilling work. You can find out more at the-cocoon.co. Oh my goodness, I am so excited to be recording this first episode for all of you. And uh, when I say you, I'm especially thinking of my dear clients and friends, um, and especially those of you who have already shown me lots of support and given me all of your encouragement about this podcast, um, as well as some of you who listen to um, the trailer and an early prototype and gave me some feedback on that. I just, I appreciate it so much. So I just want to start with a whole bucket of gratitude. Um, I decided to talk about sleep in this first episode. Uh, the reason for that is like partly because of my trying to practice letting it be easy with the podcast itself. Um, so I just kind of sat down and and wrote down a bunch of topics that came to mind. Sleep was the first thing. And I figured, okay, I'm just going to sort of roll with uh, my intuition about uh, whatever needs attention. Um, it has surprised me how much sleep is coming up in my conversations with my coaching clients over the past year or so. I am recording this episode in early 2021. So, okay, in a way, it makes sense that a lot of us are having trouble sleeping, perhaps more so than usual, uh, because of everything that we've been through individually and collectively uh, throughout 2020 and into 2021. Um, and then it can be so annoying how sleep is so foundational and getting a good night's rest makes such a difference um, when it comes to basically everything else that happens in our days. Um, so first of all, if you're having trouble sleeping or if you have been having trouble with that off and on lately, um, I just want to reassure you that you're not alone. Um, and also I want to speak to the fact that like the internet is full of recommendations about getting better sleep. Um, you know, if, if you search the term like sleep hygiene or, you know, nighttime rituals or something like they're you're probably going to get mounds and mounds of information, um, tons and tons of recommendations, about what you absolutely must do in order to be able to fall asleep and sleep well through the night. And honestly, I think it can start to feel like so hard. Like, oh my gosh, why is it so hard to fall asleep? It can start, it can be like there's this pressure to be perfect around, you know, like 
okay, so sometimes if I can't fall asleep, I'm lying there in bed and I'm going through all the things that I have done wrong throughout the day or in recent days that have set me up to not be able to fall asleep. I'm beating myself up about how I ate a really heavy dinner too late and now it's giving me heartburn. And I read the news um, after dinner and it made me anxious. And like there are just a million different things where I feel uh, I can feel overwhelmed with this this pressure to get it right. Um, but we're only human. Um, so uh, today I thought I would uh, first unpack some of the deeper spiritual and existential reasons why falling asleep is hard. Um, things that go far beyond like what you ate for dinner uh, before you went to bed. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that will... Um, just provide a, a lens that helps us all be a little more gentle and compassionate toward ourselves around falling asleep. Uh, then I want to talk through some tips and perspectives that I'm really hoping will make falling asleep easier and cozier and maybe even a little more fun, a little less pressure. Um, there will be in in all of the episodes of this podcast, there are definitely going to be things I'll say, thing, ideas I'll suggest that won't resonate with you. That is totally fine. The same goes for my, my coaching sessions. Sometimes I may offer ideas. Um, I'm never attached to them. They're just meant to give you some material um, to get get the wheels turning in your own head to help you find your own answers. So, you know, I may toss out a, an idea that doesn't resonate with you, but maybe it sparks a different kind of idea um, for you. So just think of it all as uh, material, uh, it's neutral, and, and um, just pay attention for things that spark ideas for you or things that spark your curiosity, as well as like things that challenge you or like really get under your skin, um, get curious about those two and see what, what that might mean that something is sticking with you or sticking out to you. Um, so, uh, let's, uh, dig into the first question. Why is it so hard to fall asleep? Um, as I was contemplating this question, I remembered going to my grandmother's house when I was a kid on the weekends um and i like very little and as she and she was quite a character um so get ready um so as my sister and i would be falling asleep um my grandmother would sometimes she would be like oh uh wait we we forgot to say our prayers we gotta say our prayers and and it would be like okay okay and, and she would say, okay, now I lay me down to sleep. I lay a bag of peanuts at my feet. If I die before I wake, don't eat the peanuts for goodness sake. Now, uh, I don't, <laughs> it's, hard to, it's hard to know exactly what to say um, about that particular 
uh, bedtime prayer. Um, there's a lot there. It'll tell you a lot about my grandma. Um, but the, the reason I share it with you is because I think it does speak to two really important themes. One is the, the connection between sleep and mortality. And the other one is the connection between sleep and control. So uh, this might get a little heavy for a minute here. And uh, let me just kind of um, uh, uh, tell you a little more about what I mean. Bear with me. Um, the piece about mortality. So basically, if we really think about it, going to sleep every night, falling asleep is pretty much the closest experience we can have to dying. Um, it's an experience where we have to totally let go of control, where we have to face the unknown. Um, we, we essentially become kind of unconscious for like eight hours or so every night. Um, like, wow, that's, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time during which to, um, not really be in full control of what is happening to us and what is happening around us. You know, I mean, like some of us talk in our sleep, some of us, you know, flail or thrash or whatever. Um, and we don't realize it. We're not conscious about it. Um, and we also, we're not awake to like monitor our environments, you know? So, um, a wild beast could sneak up on us, uh, from an evolutionary perspective. It doesn't even really make a whole lot of sense that humans need to be asleep and be so vulnerable pretty much a third of the time. Um, then and and so so uh, then the other thing I want to speak to um, is control. So in the in the in Grandma's prayer, she she would say like you know please don't eat the peanuts. Uh, but the thing is like we don't get to control exactly what happens to us and and around us while we are sleeping, in the same way that we don't have we don't generally have control over how and when we die. So this actually brings me around to something that I learned while I was in divinity school. I studied religion and literature, and I took a wonderful class on children's literature. And uh, one of the ideas that came up in that class through... Uh, some one of our readings was the idea that um, bedtime reading, the ritual of reading bedtime stories to children, and doing other bedtime rituals in general, um, is a way in which parents teach their children how to die. Um, in the sense of. Uh, you know, uh, bringing awareness to the fact that, yeah, like um, falling asleep 
can be complicated. It can be scary to surrender to the unknown. It can be scary to be in the dark and to let go and to be so vulnerable. Um, Especially when we are tired, when our inner resources are already low, it can be hard to um, relax into those things. And so something like a bedtime story, um, it's, teaching a, uh, it's teaching us things like um, uh, how to receive support, you know, like being able to just relax and listen to someone else read to you and make you comfortable. Um, something like uh, taking a bath before bedtime. Also, a way to, to soothe the body in preparation for the, the challenge, the potential challenge of um, falling asleep. So all of this is just to say that it really is quite natural to feel extra vulnerable around bedtime. Um, so, uh, for example, as we are, have all been, you know, facing this pandemic, um, and then we're, we all try to go to sleep at night, it's like now we really can't ignore our mortality because sleep in some ways asks us to face that reality every night. And then also, you know, if we've like connected with the news or even just the way in which our lives are constrained right now, or we've, you know, uh, confronted the deaths of, of loved ones or, or people we know about um, more so than in uh, pre-pandemic times, um, it can be helpful to, to stop and ask yourself, okay, what like what could make me feel more safe during that vulnerable threshold time as i am transitioning from waking to sleeping um uh some of these things that i'm about to rattle off might they'll sound easy to some people and hard to others ease is definitely subjective um but for example like is there, do you actually feel safe in your home? Like, could it feel, might you feel safer if you like locked your bedroom door every night? Or did some other thing that relates to a sense of physical security um, that you just haven't been doing because it didn't feel necessary? Um, or is there something you could wear or something you could hold that makes you feel safer? Uh, in a way, um, we could look through the lens of, of treating ourselves like little kids, like toddlers whom we love, you know? Maybe you'll send, you'd send a toddler to bed with their beloved stuffed animal, something that comforts them. Um, so the question is like, what is the equivalent of that for you? Because... Um, Adults, in a lot of ways, aren't that different uh, from children. Okay, 
Let's take a little break. And when we come back, I'm going to share some very tangible uh, tips and things that might help make falling asleep a little easier. So how might we transform bedtime from something potentially scary or stressful to something sacred? Something special and cozy that we can actually look forward to. I want to start with checking in with each of our five senses. First, considering the eyes. Maybe you're someone who needs total darkness in order to sleep, or at least more darkness than you currently have in your bedroom. I know there's a lot of advice out there about you know, uh, getting rid of the, all the, the blinking lights from electronics and, and things that glow and, and getting some blackout curtains for your bedroom. Um, those all seem like great ideas. Um, to me, they sound hard. Like I have a skylight in my bedroom. I don't, it sounds complicated to cover that up and, and then also open it, uh, when I get up in the morning. Um, also like, oh my goodness, so many glowing things. I have like a space heater and a humidifier. Um, it's a lot. So, uh, for me, the easiest thing, uh, for blocking out light is actually just a sleep mask. Um, an eye mask. Uh, I remember the, f- the first time I really, uh, thought about wearing one of these because I, I felt like people only do this in the movies uh but I was um on a a, a work trip uh I got on this long flight and I, I was with a colleague and right away like she just as soon as uh we took off she put on her eye mask and just fell fast asleep it's left for the whole flight. And I just sat there very, I was super uncomfortable and tired. And I was just like, oh my gosh, what, what people actually do that. And, uh, what a great idea. So I bought a sleep mask and used one on the way back. and was so glad I did. And then I started using it, um, at night, uh, to help me fall asleep. And it was wonderful. I found one that had like, um, it, it had like a lavender pillow thing insert. Um, so it smelled good. It was so soft. It had like, a, um, the strap was elastic, but there was also Velcro. So you could adjust it perfectly around your head. I actually wanted to get a replacement cause it, that I got it like years ago and I can't find exactly the one. I'm thinking of, but anyways, there are zillions of eye masks out there. Highly recommended if you haven't tried it before. Uh, next sense, let's talk about the the sense of touch. So, um, uh, first question: Do you actually change your clothes um, when you go to bed these days? Uh, no judgment here. Um, I just want to say that when it comes to work from home life and quarantine life, it can be helpful, uh, 
even just to change from your daytime stretches to your bedtime stretches. Whatever that might look like for you, like I literally will sometimes change from one pair of yoga pants to another. <laughs> so having, but having some kind of uh, uh, change, putting on your sleep uniform, even if it's not that different these days from your daytime uniform, can be helpful. It helps tell your body, okay. Now it's time to go to bed. Um, I actually do the reverse too for work. Like even if I'm, you know, I'm getting up and wearing super comfortable clothes uh, for my day, similar to what I wore to bed, maybe I'll put on some kind of cardigan or something that tells me, okay, this now this is my work uniform. Um, also relating to sense of touch, do you like your sheets and your bedding? Um, is there anything that could be done uh, to make uh, touching your bed, immersing yourself in it more enjoy enjoyable? Is the kind of thing that you can uh, do one time. You know, it's not like a something that is uh, a new habit that you need to think about, incorporate into every day. Um, it's just like maybe you want to upgrade your sheets or, or your pajamas um, and see if that helps you both enjoy going to bed more and uh, find it easier to fall asleep. Uh, next, I want to talk about the sense of taste. Um, do you have a bedtime snack? Like having just the right bedtime snack, I just find so comforting. Personally, I'm a big fan of cookies. Um, and uh, I just want to say like there are a huge variety of cookies in the world that you can buy or make, including like healthy-ish ones. Um, there are lots of recipes on the internet for um, breakfast cookies, which tend to, you know, have like more nutritious ingredients than just sh uh, sugar. Um, so, uh, yeah, maybe if, it, especially if you're someone who's been stress baking your way um, through this pandemic, I would definitely recommend checking out uh, breakfast cookies and just like, renaming them bedtime snack cookies. Um, yeah, it can just be so nice like um, to 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 find that um, balance where you know you're not you're not going to bed hungry. you're not going to bed uh, with your stomach like super full of something heavy, but you've got like ah, just the right bedtime snack. Um, next I want to talk about sound. Uh, so of course for a lot of people, total silence can be ideal for sleeping. It's, maybe you can make that happen. It's not always realistic. Um, but if you haven't tried something like if, if you need silence and you haven't tried sleeping with earplugs, that's an idea or um, some kind of sound machine. I was just thinking about like those machines that um, therapists 
use. Sometimes I see these little round little things I see, like uh, right they put on the outside of their doors. It seems like it doesn't make any noise, but maybe it cancels out noise. I don't know. Something to look into. Um, what else? Okay, so maybe um, it's not that you necessarily need silence, but some kind of soothing sound can be helpful to have, you know, not just um, to make it easier to fall asleep, like fewer just having fewer distractions, um, but also to have something to look forward to. So maybe um, there are some kind of white noise that you find soothing. I really like the sound of ocean waves, um, which is hilarious because I live in the desert. Um, uh, thank goodness for my my Google Home. They can make that happen for me. Um, uh, audiobooks could be so nice. I mean, you know, just because you're a grown-up doesn't mean you can't have someone read soothing bedtime stories to you as you fall asleep. Um, so, uh, yeah, see, see if you can find an audiobook that is, I would say, something not too exciting, not like a, you know, a plot-driven thriller or something. Um, for me, it might be like, I don't know, uh, a, a history of some mundane thing uh, or something maybe a little bit philosophical or just like kind of an informative nonfiction book or um, also memoir, like people uh, listening to people telling stories about themselves. I I tend to find that like really comforting, um, especially if there's someone whose um, voice you really enjoy uh, and that puts you at ease. Um, also, uh, some people have told me that my voice kind of puts them to sleep. I, I'm just going to decide to take that as a compliment right now. So maybe you want to try listening to this podcast as you fall asleep. Um, uh, there, oh, okay. Uh, smell. This, this is a great one. Um, this is, you know, I feel like often the, the forgotten, uh, sense or the thing that we tend to think of last, um, but it's so important. So, okay. For example, I don't know about you, but when I have clean sheets, I just fall right to sleep. It's the best, the smell of clean sheets. Um, also, it would be hard to wash your sheets and make your bed every single day. That sounds like a lot. Um, so uh, on the nights when you don't have fresh clean sheets, um, uh, what could you do to make it smell like bedtime? Uh I really like essential oil diffusers. Those are cool. Um, of course, you want to be careful about the how much light it gives off and, and how much sound, but those can be really nice. Um, especially some humidifiers have that feature, which is 
also great. Um, there's also just like, you know, lavender and other essential oil uh, sprays. You could just like spray some on your pillow or your hair, whatever. Um, uh, and speaking of putting scents on your body, um, you know, like in the, in the mornings as we're getting ready for the day, we tend to, um, put on scents. Maybe you wear, um, some kind of scent in, in your day, or also you're, maybe you're taking a shower in the morning, um, and using soap or shampoo that smells great. Um, so what could be the mirror image of that for bedtime? Um, uh, it could be something like, you know, finding just the right scent uh, of a bubble bath and taking a bath before bedtime, which brings me back around to this idea of treating ourselves like children whom we love. Um, so, yeah, getting, getting really into bath time um, is... Another thing I find so helpful um, for falling asleep, and also sometimes if if I try to fall asleep and I can't, then I might get up and take a bath, and that usually helps. Um, what else? Okay, another thing that relates a little bit to the um, that we we sometimes think as childlike is taking naps. Um, I know there are definitely people who can't take naps or if you, if they take a nap, they definitely can't sleep later. Uh, for me, naps are so helpful. Uh, and I have connected it to something I learned from a friend who was sleep training her babies. Um, and it's just this idea that when we are too tired, it can become harder to fall asleep at night. Um, I don't know if, like, sometimes it's helpful to pay attention to, like, the arc of your energy toward the end of the day and getting closer to bedtime. So for me, it's like, okay, I'll start to get sleepy, and then there's this window where it would be very ideal to go to bed. But if I wait a little too long, then I get like too sleepy and I definitely start to resist bedtime and the whole thing feels like a struggle. Um, and then if I stay up through that part, then I get a second wave of energy, which is just very confusing. And usually I end up feeling kind of anxious. And th so the point is to pay attention to like, when might be your natural bedtime? And if it turns out that, that that window of being just tired enough to fall asleep is is actually happening for you like too early, like, I don't know, 6, 7 p.m. dinner time, um, see about taking a little nap earlier in the day to see if you can um, get that window to a, a later, more convenient point. Um, the last thing I want to mention is, um, uh, like, connected with that. Connected with going to sleep 
when you are actually just the right amount of tired um, and not, you know, powering through and resisting and staying up through the second wave of energy is um, sometimes it can be helpful to have something in mind that you really look forward to first thing in the morning. And that's going to feel better if you go to sleep on time for you. Um, this is obviously easier said than done. Um, but I, I would recommend just starting with what already um, happens in your mornings and just see if there's something that you can really connect with in a sensory way. So you're getting sleepy and it's like, oh my goodness, tomorrow I am going to have such a great cup of coffee. Like that's, that's one of the things for me. It's like, it's going to be so nice smelling it as it brews and pouring it and holding the warm cup in my hands. Um, and I know that I'm going to enjoy that a lot more if I went to bed at the right time for me and I woke up early enough that I'm not super rushed and just chugging my coffee right before my first call of the day. Uh, maybe, maybe you have a dog and, and you can, as you're, you can in the evening start to really um, enjoy thinking about walking your dog in the morning, about how cute and fun your dog is going to be, how nice it'll be to connect with them, or um, how nice it'll be to, you know, get some fresh air as you're walking the dog, or maybe it's something with your kids. I mean, maybe your kids wake you up earlier than you want to be woken up. Um, but you can still connect with like, okay, well, but I do enjoy their cute face or their warm, soft body or their little hands. And, you know, there's a finite number of days, um, uh, mornings when they're going to be there waking you up that early. And so you can think about, okay, what am I going to miss when they grow up a little more and uh, they're not waking me up in the mornings? Um, the last thing I wanted to mention is um, uh, dream journaling and dream work and even lucid dreaming. Um, which is like around uh, having, having some influence over your dreams and even becoming aware that you're dreaming while you're doing it. Um, I mention these because of that element of control. Like if you're really struggling with the fact that you have to let go of control overnight while you sleep, um, Getting interested in your dreams can lend a sense of empowerment. So you can do things like, um, you know, ha having a notebook by the bed and before you go to bed, maybe write down some intentions or some things you're grateful for, some, some positive thoughts or like questions that you hope your dreams will address. And then uh, in the morning, you can pull that notebook 
out again and uh, reflect on your dreams and what you remember from them. Even if you don't remember anything at first, um, just go ahead and write down, like, I don't remember anything. Maybe I didn't dream last night. Uh, and then, like, sometimes something will come once you just give it a, uh, a little time. Um, or, you know, after doing that for a few days, your mind starts to just, like, bring more awareness and be able to resurface the dreams more. Um, and I mean, there's just endless exploration you can do there. If you want to basically turn your sleeping time, your dreaming time into a little more of a creative and spiritual practice. Before you go, a few final notes. First, if you have a topic or question you'd like me to cover, I would love to hear from you. Just send me a note at podcast at the-cocoon.co. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on whatever app you use to listen. And if you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. That's one of the best things you can do to show your support and encourage me to keep going. The other best thing you can do is to become a supporter on Patreon. You can get access to patrons-only content, including monthly guided meditations. You can find me at patreon.com slash Lisa Sanchez, or check out the link in the show notes. Until next time, let it be easy. <laughs>